Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Whew. Man, what a day. For those of you who don't know, uh, yesterday was my birthday. During my entire life, I had believed that because every male in my family except one had died by 65 years of age, that I would die by 65 years of age. As morbid as that may seem when you hear that, the reality is what it did for me was put an urgency in my step. My entire life, I've been 10, 20, 30 years ahead of people my age or whatever it was I was doing because I realized that I was behind the eight ball with time. Now, having made 65 and still here, today I'm on what I'm going to call time on loan from God. Yes, this is day one of my borrowed time. I was given the presence to understand that I wanted to accomplish everything I could by 65, and I did. I've accomplished every accomplishment I've ever set out to accomplish. In fact, 10 times what I set out to accomplish, to where about once every 10 years I had to stop, readjust the goals so that they were out in front of me and not behind me, just so that I could keep going, keep moving and pushing. I don't know where you're at in your life. Are you at the point where you've never reached your main goals? Where you've reached some goals, not all goals? I don't know what everybody's goals are. Health and fitness, family, you know, and why do I say health and fitness first? Because if I don't have health and fitness and there is no family, <laughs> if you're dead or gone or sickly, you're a problem and you're a drag on your family, your drag on society, your drag on everybody around you. So I believe wholeheartedly you've got to be able to take care of yourself. Why do I believe this? Well, I told you yesterday, my mother was an alcoholic, drug addict, and hypochondriac. And so I had to take care of her and my sister my entire life. And I've always said, I'm never going to be that person. I'm going to be in shape, fit, right to the day a truck runs me over and kills me or cancer comes back, I get cancer again and it gets me or something gets me, whatever it's going to be that's going to take me down, I'm going down fighting. Why? Because I don't want to be a drag on society. I don't want to be a drag on my family. I just think that's important. But next, then after that, it's going to be your family. You know, uh, I came from a no family family. So learning that family was important was something it took me two or three tries at. Um, picked one kind of wife, wrong kind. Picked another kind of wife down the other spectrum, wrong kind. Finally got one in the middle that works. And uh, with that in place, I've been with her now 12 or 13 years. And it goes so fast when you're in a relationship you're going to stay in. So that's working. Everything there is right. And then you talk about your business and your finances. 
Well, my finances were taken care of by age 34. I was retired at 34. I was a millionaire shortly after that or around that. And I got richer every single year the rest of my life. Just every year I make more money. Every year I take that more money and buy more real estate. Every year the real estate makes me more money. And I make more, and I save more, and I invest more, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. It's to a point now where it's probably 75 to 100 times higher than I ever thought it could be, even when I dreamed. You know, so financially, I'm fine. So what's the next thing? Well, building a business, doing something for society. What have you built? And I, thought, I was thinking about this today because I was out there working on my bridge. I said, what do you mean your bridge? Well, um, I lived at this house for 10 years now. That's how fast it goes. And there was a bridge that was built that goes across my koi ponds. And within 10 years, that wood completely rotted out. And I patched and patched and patched for years. A little board rotted out here, a little board rotted out there. But finally, the whole structure was gone. So I got a bunch of guys to help me lift it off, lift it up and get it off of the, the ponds. I cut it up into little pieces and threw it away. And now I'm building an incredibly strong bridge that will last for 20 more years. And it started me thinking about, okay, there is a ending point in the lifetime career of every person whether it be your financial career, your physical career, your, you know, your health, uh, your relationship, whatever it is, is, things come to an end. They come and go, they ebb and they flow. But I think now about, as I'm building this bridge, the fun I'm having in designing it. Because I'm designing it twice as strong as the other bridge, where there were two-by-sixes, they're now four-by-sixes, et cetera, et cetera. The connectors are 10 times better connectors. They won't rust out, and they're twice as thick, and it'll never fall apart. It's built so it can be taken apart, so if anything ever does get in bad shape, I can just unscrew it, take it apart, put it back together, so I don't have to rebuild the whole thing. I can actually replace individual pieces. So I was talking to somebody about this designing plan I was going through and how much fun I was having building this thing, and he said to me, you know, Dell, that's that built-back-better concept. And uh, I go, yeah, unfortunately, Biden is building back worse. And everything that they are touching, the Democrats are touching, is falling apart. They know it. They see it. They can't even do press conferences anymore without laughing and hiding and putting down other people. And you see what happens when you're in decline. People who are allowing you to believe that less is okay create decline. And we're now living in a portion of history where America is in decline. Okay. Now I've lived through them before. I lived through Jimmy Carter. The country got destroyed. I think the same thing's happening again. But as I'm sitting here building this bridge, I'm thinking, you know, really in life, the really neat things in life come down to building something. Whether you're a touchy-feely person and you've got six kids and it's building that family bond, that's building something. Or if it's building your body to be a, a bodybuilder, my daughter, who is competitive bodybuilder, her boyfriend, a significant other, just took third place in his first pro contest. He's now a pro and took third. Not bad for first contest. Look great. So he's building his body. She's building her body. Those are building. They get up every day and they think about it. You design it. You plan it. And you make it happen. 
people don't realize that's what bodybuilding is. You actually pre-think what you want to see, and then you go slap that muscle on in the places you want it and, and take it away where you don't want it, and you carve and mold, and you end up with this beautiful, beautiful piece of really art, which happens to be a living, breathing thing. But that's building something. The next kind of building I, I look at is I say, okay, you know, forget about the building structures thing. That's just a metaphor. I'll get back to that metaphor in a second. But I built businesses. First business I built was single-family house business. I had over 100 houses. Second business I built was apartment businesses. At one time, I had, I think, seven or eight apartment complexes that I personally ran. So, you know, it was a big business to me. I went from 10 unit to 20 unit to 40 unit to 60 unit to 80 unit to 100 unit to 200, 140, 100, uh, 140, uh, 240, 272, 320 unit apartments. So I kept building larger and larger number of units in one location, a larger apartment complex unit wise, and then more apartments at the same time. So I built this big multifamily business. And then I built this educational business in Houston. Then I took it to Dallas. Then I took it to San Antonio. Then I took it to Austin. And then we took it to Phoenix. Now we got it in Atlanta. And now we actually are nationwide. We're everywhere. We're in all 50 states. We have members in every state in the country and have 50,000 current members. And if you add up the members we have had where they've retired already and gone away and don't come anymore, who knows? Could be 70, 80,000. I don't know. I don't have an actual number on that. I just have a live count. And that's a business. And to support that business, I created real estate companies. And I have a real estate company in Houston, real estate company in Dallas, real estate company in San Antonio and Austin, a real estate company in Phoenix, real estate company in Atlanta. And we're putting one in Florida and in two or three other states. Today on day one of borrowed time. Yes, time on loan from God, as Rush Limbaugh would say. What we're talking about is that I'm 65 years old and one day. And I've always thought that the 65 was going to be the end, or at least I I didn't even know if that was the case, but I really thought that I better get it all figured out by 65. So I did. So today what we're talking about is, okay, I've hit all my goals in life. I've done everything I could possibly do to be successful in every way, shape, and form that I wanted to be successful. So what happens? And I was thinking back to this rebuilding this bridge that I'm building after 10 years, it was, it was a okay bridge, but When you go to replace something you know that you've used it and tried for 10 years, and it's been effective to some degree, but not totally effective, you know that you need to do it differently. And that's really, when you think about it, as I got to be older, I've been lifting weights since I was 14, so that's over 50 years. I can't do it the same way I used to do it. I used to be able to do it wrong, overtrain. And still get bigger and stronger and be okay, a little sore, but that's fine. But you can't do that when you're 65 years old. You've got to know exactly the right amount of training to do. And you've got to know that you can't eat 7,000 calories a day anymore like I used to uh, and stay ripped. You've got to eat 3,000 or 2,500 or even 2,000 in some cases. Uh, You just got to know what you have to do because your body's different. So you have to be smarter. Your training has to be better than what it was. And now, with what I know about how to train, I could have, if I would have known this when I was young, I could have been a professional bodybuilder. I just didn't know then what I know now. Then it was all hard work, guts. That got me where I got. But now, 
gosh, the stuff I know now that I didn't know then, it just was unbelievable. So that's the fitness part of it. Business, same thing. I used to kill myself to make dollars. Now I don't kill myself to make hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. And I do nothing. Before I killed myself to make a couple thousand bucks a month. And it's it's not that I got better. I don't think that's the case. I think what it is is that I did it smarter. I found out things about life that said, you know, add a zero here, add a zero there, and everything changes. Work smarter, not harder. Do the right things, not more of the wrong things. And so when you look at the fact that you're working, you're working, you're working, and you're only making X amount, and you're never with your family, that works to some degree, but it has got limitations. If you were going to rebuild that bridge for the next 10 years of your life, wouldn't you do it differently if you knew how? See, I happen to know a lot about construction. Why? Because I took every shop class you could take while I was in high school. Uh, I've been It's been a hobby of mine my entire life, and I used to build my own houses and apartments back when I first started buying them. I bought them actually because it was kind of fun to work on them and to build them. So I have every tool in the world, and that's my hobby. So I think about building things better when I build them, not just build them, build them better. And the same thing is true when I think about businesses. I now think about how to do what I used to do and do it in a better, faster, easier, smarter way and get a better result. And if you're sitting there and you're thinking about your retirement, and that's you know really what this show is about is how do you think about retirement, you got to be thinking to yourself, this guy was a millionaire at 34 years old, he's a mega millionaire now, and he's on the radio an hour a day, three days a week, and you go... Why? What am I doing? What am I doing wrong? And you've got to realize that you are doing something wrong. And if you come to our classes, of course, we teach you what that is, but this wasn't intended to be a sales pitch for that, but that is the case. Because if you're talking about what to do with your money, your investment money, or how to start a business, this is where you come. This is where you find out how to do it. And since I've been teaching it for 30 years, I've mastered the skill set of teaching it. My business has mastered the skill set of teaching it. We, as a team, teach it better, faster, and more accurately than anybody out there in the country. I guarantee you, I will take that statement to my grave. There's nobody teaching it better than we are. So, you got to decide. Do you want that old wobbly, crinky bridge that got you where you are today that's falling apart under your feet? Or do you want a bigger, better, sturdier bridge that gets you farther? Because the stronger the bridge is, the farther it can span in your life. And the further it spans, the more you have. Now, you think about this for a second. If I made all this money by age 65 and I thought I was going to be gone, so I was going to leave, you know, whatever it is, millions of dollars to my family, what happens now if I have another... 20 years. My one uncle that lived is 84 years old. So what do I do with another 20 years, guys? I feel like your net worth should double every three to four years. Your entire net worth should double. So what happens over the next 20 years? Where does that put you? Guy just sent me an email, by the way. He said, hey, happy birthday, Dell. <laughs> it said, I hope you become a billionaire. 
And I, I just emailed him back. I kind of chuckled and, you know, said, yeah, thanks. That's, that's a nice goal. A nice goal. It takes a thousand million to be a billionaire. Right. I only have a hundred. So you got to go nine hundred more million to get there. And it seems ridiculous until you think about the fact that you got a hundred of them. You need nine hundred more. So, you know, these things are all relative. It's just what do you do to get that kind of exponential growth in life? And that's money and that's ridiculous amounts of money. Nobody needs that much money. I understand that. But it becomes more of a challenge like a game. It becomes a building block game. How do I build my blocks so they'll stand that high without falling over? Fun thing when you're a kid to do. Fun thing when you're a rich person to do. Fun thing when you're an old person to do. You just got to figure out what it is that you're after. Now, other people, and by the way, in the expo coming up here in March of this next year, uh, our theme is fun. And so we are going to introduce you to people's lives, not only all the stuff you need to know about how to get there and get rich, but we're going to introduce you also to the people that have already got there through this program who like yachts, who like motorhomes, who like off-road vehicles, have second homes in exotic places, and all these things that are just fun. They have nothing to do with investing. They have everything to do with living the quality of life you want to live. And that's one of the things that's going to be a theme of this expo. And uh, you're going to want to see that. Now, from the files of Del Wamsley. Has anybody really thought about what is it all about? Have you ever stopped long enough in this race to get ahead in this world to just sit back and go, what does it really all mean? I can't take any of this stuff with me. So what is enough is enough is enough. I talk to Lifestyles members about this, the top ones all the time. You know, obviously when you're at the bottom, you're trying to establish yourself, you're trying to build up wealth, you're trying to build your passive streams of income up to where you want to get to and or where you can afford to retire if you want. All that's true. But what I've found is that very successful people which there are a lot of them in lifestyles, they can't turn it off. Now, some people do, but in most cases, really successful people are driven to be successful at the cost of not actually being successful. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Stop sitting around. Stop procrastinating. This is your time. Make it happen. Do it now. When's the best time? Now. People go, well, I don't know. It's going to crash. It's going to be better next year. I've got to listen to four more classes. I love guys come up to me and tell me, you know, I've been listening to you on the radio for eight years now, right? (laughs) I go, and you're not rich yet? (laughs) Well, really, I'm thinking about joining next month. (laughs) Do it now. Learn the skills you need to retire with real estate in five years or less. Do it now. 
register for the Lifestyles Unlimited free online workshop, lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today is, of course, day one of living on borrowed time, one day older than 65 years of age, which was the goal of my life to get everything done by. Everything is done. The results are in. It is a success. So now the question is, what do you do? What do you plan for in the future? And I think everybody has to sit around and think about these kinds of things at some point in your life. you got to assess. And I've always believed there's a thing, there's a song called, There's a Time for Counting When the Dealing's Done. In other words, you shouldn't be counting every single day. But I think you do have to have off points. You have to have it in writing. You have to track your income, track your fitness, track your relationships, and see if they're going in the right direction. If you don't write it down, you don't track it, it isn't real, and it doesn't really get anywhere. So when you get to the end of the tracking, you say, okay, I've accomplished all the goals I set. What do you do next? Then you got to come sit down and have those lifelong personal conversations with yourself. And I pulled up an article that I thought was interesting. The name of the article is Six Powerful Questions That Will Change Your Life Forever. So I thought, that's interesting. Let's see what it is they have to say. So the first question is, what do I absolutely love in life? List anything that you love above the word and the people in your life. Think about the activities that get you excited and enthusiastic and make you feel most alive. This can absolutely anything, music, sports, cooking, teaching, learning. And so that's a good place to start. Myself, communicating. Probably number one. More than anything else I get jazzed about is getting up on stage and talking to people, or if it's not on stage in a group of people, you know, just meeting with a group of people somewhere, any place where I can get out there and just communicate with people. That's, to me, the most fun thing in the entire world. You know, you get past that, what's fun? Exercise and sex, put them down together. They, they kind of both do the same thing. They fill you with endorphins. So that's fun. But Yes, I'd rather be spending more time doing those things. But that's other than that, you know, you look at what's next. And I'd say building things is probably my next most exciting thing. I mean, I'm building my yard. It's my that is my hobby to build my yard out. I spent over one hundred thousand dollars this year on my yard. I have koi ponds, three koi ponds, so I raise koi almost like professional koi raiser. I have the little baby ones, and we have the medium size and large. We have them in different ponds, so they because they will kill each other. The big ones will eat the small ones. But I have them being raised, and I've been doing that for ten years. And so koi, I have these incredible koi, and that's a hobby of mine. We've got six rescue cats and one rescue dog that spend massive amount of time with each day, and raising them. Companies, my gosh, companies. Bought seven more companies this year already. Actually, six. I'm going to close on the seventh one in October. Built a software company this year. Had a software company before, but this built the second software company. We're in, right now in the process of building a third software company. Real estate companies. I've got Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, Phoenix, Atlanta. I'm really bad about the East Coast because these are all brand new places, but we have Indianapolis, Indiana. And we have Florida coming on soon. And I think there's one in like North or South Virginia. And there's a bunch of them on the East Coast now. And I don't know any of that area. So it's all new to me. And once we get them in place and we start using them, I'm sure I'll be aware of them. But we're building this real estate agency network around the country, et cetera, et cetera. Lifestyles Unlimited is all over the country now. So what do I love to do? I love to do the things I'm doing. That's the weird thing is that I really love what I do. 
And so I'm selling you this just because this is a forum for us to communicate back and forth together. I'm hoping you're having that conversation with yourself. What is it you like to do? The second question is, what are my greatest accomplishments in life? Now, I just went down listing them for you earlier, so I'm not going to list mine. But, you know, you should sit down and, and give yourself a pat on the back. What have you done? What are you good at? What have you done? And then you can grade that and also say, okay, there's a starting point for where I want to go with the rest of my life. The third question is, what would I stand for if I knew no one would judge me? Wow. This one's tough because when I was younger, I stood for a lot of things. As I got older, some of those things either became less important or some of those things became more important. And my positions in life changed and sometimes softened because sometimes I saw that my opinions were not necessary. What do I mean by that? Well, there are times I remember just walking into a room when I was a bodybuilder on a starvation diet. Looking at fat people made me mad. I go, how can that person be 300 pounds? How can that little kid be 200 pounds? How can they look like that? All they have to do is stop eating. And, and I would say stuff. And one day I realized that's really a detrimental way to look at people, to judge them like that. So I changed. And I started a different point of view. And that was be sympathetic. And I look at those people and I go, man, I know what it feels like to be fat. I've been there. That looks painful. I really feel sorry for that person. I know they could do something about it if they wanted to. I know it makes me cringe looking at it. But there's no need for me to make a comment to my, my wife or to my friends around me or to anybody else anymore. I just realize it's not my place to make a comment on that. And, of course, the last and best position would be probably that I don't care at all. But I can't. So that's why I say the way I stand for things now are more internal, especially with the cancel culture out there. They want to cancel everybody for everything and anything and whatever. And jokes are not funny anymore. Comedy isn't comedy anymore. Everything, even like they're going to cancel Halloween because it's racist. You know, they want to cancel Valentine's Day because it creates social unrest in kids, makes them want to have sex with their partners at an early age. Just weird stuff. And to me, quite honestly, I can say this. And this is the kind of stuff that I really don't need to say anymore, but I'll say it just to give you an example. I really think some people out there are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And there are some really Looney Tunes fruitcakes in this world that are running this world right now. And I don't even know how they survive. And I guess the reality is the answer is they don't. And that's why the government has to take care of them. That's why they they are working so hard to make sure the government does take over every aspect of our lives. So they don't have to be successful. So they don't have to succeed. They don't have to survive. They can just exist. And... That's the whole draw right now. And my question to you is, you know, I'm, however long I'm going to live, I would just like to think that I could go the rest of my life without becoming that. Uh, I want to stay the guy who is responsible for himself, responsible for his family, responsible for his actions, responsible for his thoughts. You know, I just, I just think that it's, it's the right thing to do. But at the same token, I now see that going out there and telling everybody my thoughts 
to the point of inflicting them on people. Now, you say, well, Dale, you're telling us right now. Well, I don't think I'm inflicting my thoughts on you because you have the choice to turn me off. When people pay to listen to me, they have the ability to leave or to say, I'm not going to pay you anymore. I'm not going to follow your education or information because it goes against what I believe. In fact, I remember when I was younger, I figured out something at a very early age, and that was I used to go into places and tell people what I do for a living. Now, I don't tell anybody. And only people who listen to my radio show who see me go, oh, you're Del Wamsley, right? Even know who I am. Because I'll go to restaurants the same one and have 50 friends at the restaurant and bar. Nobody knows who I am or what I do. Then one guy finds out and tells everybody, right? But until they do, I don't tell them. Because I realized something early on, and that was, if people aren't paying you to listen to what you say, they don't care what you say. And they're not going to take action on what you say. That's why I don't even bother on this particular show to try to teach you how to do real estate. To me, that's a waste of time. You're asking me for entertainment. That's what a radio show is. It's entertainment. You want stimulating concepts, thoughts, and things for you to think about. You don't want action steps on a piece of real estate. That's something else completely. You want that, you'll pay for it so that you'll listen to it. What would you do if God would give you an extra 10, 20, 30 years that you didn't think you were going to have? Can redo your whole life in 20 or 30 years, right? If I could live to be, you know, 80, like my uncle, 84, like my uncle, 20 more years, what could I do in 20 years? Well, It's amazing what I did from age 40 to age 60, but it was like 10 times more than what I did from age 20 to age 40. So in 20, what I did from 40 to 60 was 10 or 15 or 20 times what I did from age, you know, 20 to 40. So it's an exponential growth pattern. In other words, because you have more to start with, you can grow faster. So who knows what I end up with, right? So... I've got this article out about how to plan for all this, and it's got six important questions to ask yourself. We've already done three of them. The fourth question's an interesting one, for me anyway. It says, if my life had absolutely no limits, and I could have it all and do whatever I wanted, what would I choose to have and what would I choose to do? And um, I have to say that I actually thought about it and thought, you know what? I don't have any aspirations for more stuff, really, at a logical level. But at an illogical level, if you say, what would it look like if you could have anything you want? And I'll tell you, I'd have a jet plane that could fly anywhere in the world. And I'd have a yacht that could go anywhere in the world. And I would spend all my time either on that yacht or flying around from place to place. My wife would love to travel and see the world. I'd want to see all the most exotic places in the world, the most expensive places in the world. And I'd want to be able to afford to go there, not as a backpack tourist, but as get picked up by a limo, shuffle to the nice hotel, have, you know, wear nice clothes, have people take you where you want to go, go to the best restaurants, or be on a yacht and not have to, to pilot the thing, you know, you have a whole crew, cooks, cleaners, maids, the whole bit. Then those things would be worthwhile and to be so wealthy that it doesn't matter what it costs to have those. I know what that feeling is like, okay? 
When I went from a 5,000 square foot home to a 16,000 square foot home, it was a scary move because the maintenance on this 16,000 square foot home is ungodly. It's more than most people make in their life I spend on this house in a year. Yeah, I have three different landscape crews because there's different things with a house like this. I have a swimming pool crew and I have a fountain crew. So these guys come in on a regular basis to maintain all this stuff, right? And then there's power washing it every year and there's repainting all the garage doors. It's a 16 car garage. The garage doors have to be repainted at least every other year because they're expensive redwood type mahogany wood on the exterior of the doors and they're in full sun. So they've got to be painted or stained or whatever it is they do to it. I guess it's stained. The well, the septic system has to be monitored every year. Actually, four times a year, it has to be monitored and sometimes worked on. Plants. Every year, we lose massive number of plants to freeze. Uh, Texas, yet things freeze here and plants die. So I've gone to non-freezable plants, believe it or not. I've learned my lesson after being all tropical when I first bought the house to only partial tropical to no tropical at all, except for the palms. And I've even lost, I lost eight palms this year. I replaced four of them. And the four replacement palms cost me 25000 bucks. That's how expensive just putting in some palms is. And I, I didn't put back all eight because I said, yeah, I don't even need them, you know. Just put the ones back in the front. <laughs> look good when you drive up to the house. But still, well, the point I'm getting to here is that all of this expense and the maids to keep it clean and on and on and on and on, the utilities to keep 16,000 square foot air conditioned, all that stuff costs money. And it's money that I would never have wanted to spend when I was younger. And now I don't even bother. I don't even feel it. I'm closing on another real estate deal that will make me another 10000 bucks a month by the end of this month. That's 10000 a month picked up in one deal. And that 10000 a month will cover all the expenses for this house. Now, I've done that seven times this year. So you can just imagine. I don't worry about what it costs to maintain the house anymore. Cars. Doesn't cost me anything to maintain cars. I destroy them all the time. I run things. I'm really bad. I drive off the road. I run into things. I'm just, I'm a bad driver. But I fix them going down the road. No big deal, right? Maintain them, pay for the insurance, do all the, the whole bit. And it don't bother. And none of it means anything to me because the cost, although it's exorbitant to the average person's cost of living, it's nothing to my income level. So I know there is a point where, and I don't know what the number is yet, I inch up on it and find out, but there's going to be a number somewhere, whether it's making $500,000 a month or whether it's making a million a month, I don't know. There's going to be a number that I make every month that's going to make owning a yacht acceptable, owning a plane acceptable. Just don't know what the number is because I've not been there. And I'm not researched it. But at some point, when you look at number four, what would I do if I had absolutely no limitations? I have a dream. And it's a dream that might become fulfilled now that I'm on borrowed time. Yes, time on loan from God. Number five, what would you do if you had a billion dollars? Well, I guess I just told you that. Number six, who do you admire most in the world? I admire self-made billionaires. I just recently read a whole bunch about a guy named Tillman Fatita, and uh, 
What a story. And I've read about Trump and I've read about all these other guys and, you know, every one of them. It's an incredible story to see a self-made billionaire. That would be a great goal to accomplish something like that. But, you know, there are a lot of other goals in life and you need to figure out what yours are. As long as you realize one thing, that money is not the answer. It's not the money that makes a difference. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.